With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everybody. I am Lucia Matuonto, and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast, a talk show where my guests and I talk about relatable everyday situations, books, and the environment we live in. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media so you can be notified when a new episode is available. Let's begin. Today we are taking a journey to Pittsburgh to have a chat with J.V. Hilliard. J.V. is not only a successful author, but also a columnist for the Relatable Voice magazine. His third book in the Warminster saga, titled The Trillier's Gambit, has been just released. So, J.V., welcome back to the RV. It is my pleasure. Thank you very much for having me back in. <laughs> I couldn't be happier. You know, JV, you are officially the third guest I've interviewed and had the pleasure of meeting in person. It was my pleasure as well. It was great to, to you know, when you have a chance to do that and put a name with a face, it means it means the world. So thank you very much for visiting. Yeah, because I was in Pittsburgh, which is one of my favorite places in the U.S., and I was there with my daughter last May, and we shared a coffee at a library, the perfect writer's spot. Yeah, for me especially, I do all my writing there. It just is, it, you, you couldn't ask for a better place. And actually, you appeared just as I had envisioned, although, <laughs> although, there was one surprise. <laughs> Which is? You seemed taller than I had imagined. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm six foot two, uh, almost six foot three. So, uh, you know, I, you know, I can't help it. You know, it's genetics. <laughs> I'm five seven and I couldn't help but feel quite short standing next to you. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to make you feel that way. <laughs> no, that's fine. And speaking of surprises, have you ever experienced a situation where someone looked completely different in person compared to how you had seen them on video? Yeah, you know, it, it happens more often than you think. I, I get caught more hearing somebody's voice on the radio or in music and then seeing them in person and you're just the it doesn't match up you know there's just something that's that's wrong about that and then there are certain people that you can close your eyes and listen to their voice and they they look exactly like their voice says it is and it's strange that that's happened but it, you know i i think that um you know that happens a lot when you're expecting a certain person to be doing something and in your head, you've built up this vision and image of what they are. 
And, you know, I, I think I see it a lot in sports um, with folks that, uh, you know, you see on, on TV and you just expect them to be a certain way. And then you meet them and they're small or they're like, I stood next to an athlete at one of my events in Pittsburgh and I'm bigger than him. And meanwhile, on TV, it wow. it doesn't look that way. And you're like, why am I taller, more broad chested than you are? And I'm, I'm an author and you're a professional <laughs> athlete. It just feels out of place. Right. You know, so I, I, I hear what you're saying. And TV, I don't know if I told you, but I love watching superheroes series and movies. And while I was watching a series called The Tick, I don't know if you heard about this. It's on. I sure have. Yes. I'm a nerd. Of course I have. Of course. Superheroes, of course I'm going to have. Yes. I love this series. And my mind wandered to writers and their potential superpowers. I'm really intrigued to know if you were a superhero, what superpower would you wish for? So this is a very uh, loaded question. There are so many superpowers out there uh, that, that someone could wish for. Obviously, it would be great to fly. Uh, it would be great to be invisible, but it also creepy in a way to be invisible, uh, you know, because you can use that for nefarious purposes, too. Um, I think if I had to choose one, it would be teleportation because I hate traffic. <laughs> and that way I don't I have no travel it's just I just snap my fingers I'm somewhere and then I'm back and I don't have to worry about uh sitting in traffic or wasting time traveling uh I do a lot of that and uh, there are times where I'm leaning up against the side of a plane or I'm sitting in an uber saying to myself oh my god what a waste of time I could be doing so many other things uh and so as as selfish as that might sound I think teleportation would be at the top of my list. I want to be clicking my fingers. I'm going to be right where I'm supposed to be and not have to worry about going through airport security or losing my ba my bags on the plane or the hotel room being double booked or this last uh, convention I went to, mm -hmm. uh, I literally tried to check into four different hotel rooms in the same building. The first one, it was locked from the inside, which was kind of creepy. The second one I walked into and there was a very nice British woman in there that was still that was her room and my key worked in her room she asked me what i was doing there and i said oh. this is my room and she said well obviously it's been mine before it was yours and we kind of shook hands and i went back downstairs you know i got my third room i went upstairs my key didn't work and finally the fourth one worked and meanwhile i had a speech to give so i had i had landed with two hours time to go and i was still stuck and and so i think that getting back to your original question teleportation would be my superpower i love it i i really would like also to have this power actually you you said something before about flying i really would like to fly but i need to overcome my fear of heights <laughs> oh, oh well that's a big problem right yeah yeah i don't so, mind the heights i do no. skydiving and yeah i've done bungee jumping and uh, i i like extreme sports so for me it's I, I, that's one fear I don't have. I, you know, heights have never bothered me. Oh, I'm jealous because if I had this power, I would need not only one superpower, but two. <laughs> Fearless oh so that you can fly, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And can you tell us a little bit about this convention? 
Yeah, so I went to the GalaxyCon, which is a convention of folks that like sci-fi, fantasy, um, speculative uh, art forms. So the, everything from anime to the gothic to horror to whatever. Uh, and this year it was in Raleigh, uh, North Carolina. And there were about 60,000 attendees over a four-day period. And so the convention center was entirely filled out for all four days. And I teamed, I timed my launch of the third book to be for the first day of GalaxyCon. And by Saturday at 2 o'clock, I had sold out. So I was helping other authors sell their books uh, while I was still there for the rest of Saturday and Sunday uh, and had a great time. And there were plenty of movie um, actors and actresses there. There were, you know, famous authors. There were famous artists. I uh, had a great time. There was, uh, I had a chance to to be part of a couple of, of classes that I had given while I was there for aspiring authors. And also there was a costume contest for cosplayers and things like that. It was just a ton of fun. And uh, I can't wait to go to next year. And this one doubled in size over a one-year period. The year before, it had about 35,000 people there. This year, they, they were around 60,000. And it was just a lot of fun. Uh, crazy. Um, and, you know, just enough space to fit everybody in there. Uh, but to say that it was uh, within the, the fire marshal's uh, code, probably not. I, I think that there were times when that place might, it was, felt more like a sardine can, but it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. I, I, I loved it. I had a great time. Wow, that, that sounds a lot of fun. But it's an event that happens every year. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. So the, the GalaxyCon is, if for those that are in my business, they go to Comic-Cons, right? So uh, it, it'll have everybody from various areas will fly in or drive in. And this one was just located in the mid-Atlantic state of North Carolina. So um, easy to get to. You know, for me, it was a 43-minute flight. <laughs> it would have been like a 10-hour drive. Uh, but, you know, for, for me, it was easy to jump on a plane and get down there and have a chance to meet some of my readers and make new readers. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's wonderful. You meet new people and expand the community. It's so so amazing. And for our listeners, JV, who might have missed your recent interview, could you share a brief introduction about yourself? Sure. So I am a fantasy author. And so for those of you that read books like the Game of Thrones or Lord of the Rings or have played Dungeons and Dragons or like things in that genre, that's the kind of genre in which I write. And I put a little bit of horror into my uh, fantasy stuff. So you'll see what is described today as sort of dark fantasy, which means sometimes the good guys don't always win. Uh, and there's some gothic nature to what I do. Uh, and I use, you know, monsters and different types of magic systems as as part of uh, my, my world. And I've created the Realm of Warminster, which is the world in which all of my stories will be told. And um, the Realm, as you mentioned before, it's a four book series. And the quadrilogy, the first three are out right now. Uh, and the last one will come out right before the holidays here in 2023 and, and complete the the first four book series. And then beyond that, um, you know, we should have uh, another series coming down the road, which is a continuation of some of the, the main characters just under a different story. And the books are being turned into an augmented reality video game in 2024. 
and a virtual reality video game in 2025 and uh, a graphic novel at the end of 2024 or the early part of 2025. So if you're a fan of comic books like I am, uh, this is like the adult version of comic books, which will tell the story in, in a much more graphic way, which is necessary when you're telling uh, PG-13 or a, a rated R kind of story. Uh, it's, it's it's not, you know, it's not kid-friendly sometimes, so you've got to give some warnings and things like that too. And, you know, there's some violence in, in the kind of stuff that I write as as you see in all those other kind of movies, Netflix specials. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Wow, there are so many things happening to you. And first, let's start talking about this book, The Thrillious Gambit. Am I speaking correctly? Yes, yes. That's exactly how it's pronounced. The Trillious Gambit is book three in a series. And it's sort of a continuation of an epic fantasy story that began with The Last Keeper in book one. And some of the main characters now are at that point in their journey where they're taking high-end risks, thus the gambit. Uh, and so uh, they meet uh, with um, my version of a god. Uh, it's called an ancient. And in order for the main characters to, you know, defeat the the villain, they have to def- they have to beat this god's challenge. And it, it turns out to be this magical labyrinth uh, that grows and continues to grow and has swallowed entire cities over the years. And will and it will continue to grow until someone solves the riddle. And gets to the heart of the labyrinth, and Damis and his merry band of men and women, you know, venture in dauntless, uh, hoping that uh, they can solve the riddle, and in doing so, also recover a very important relic uh, that was lost from his faith uh, that he can use against uh, the big bad evil guy at the end. So uh, I'm not going to tell you what happens, um, uh-huh. but uh, not everybody gets out. So I'll put it that way. Uh-huh. Uh, it, but it's it's a um, uh, really fun, high fantasy, fantasy adventure kind of story. Um, and, uh, you know, there's some mystery and there's a lot of fantasy romance in it. And also, if you're a fan of big battle scenes, there's one big, big battle scene at the end of the novel that uh, clashes with a bunch of armies. And, you know, if you've seen that in Game of Thrones or Lord of the Rings or those types of movies and you really enjoy that kind of stuff, you'll I, I hope you'll enjoy reading The Trillius Gambit. Yeah, I was exactly thinking about Game of Thrones now. But this book is like, it's a magical tale with a forbidden love story, as I can, I don't know if you can say something about it. Sure. Yeah, so you're right. I mean, I think that going back to book one, there's been a slow burn romance between two characters. Uh, One of the main characters is a, a woman named Adeline Elspeth, who is an elven princess. And she is at what I would describe as the highest caste of elves. And they are forbidden from consorting with folks that are of lower um, birth. And the man that she falls in love with is a man named uh, Sir Ritter of Vulcaneer. And Sir Ritter is the lowest of births. He's not only 
not vermilion like she is but he's also half human uh and so he she overcomes the stigma of being a princess and having to hold true to the 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 mores and the principles of her culture while ritter also has to overcome the, his apprehensions about being the guy that's going to perhaps ruin this legacy of the way things have been the traditions of part of his faith for the sake of love and of course he's duty bound uh not to follow it and she's duty bound not to pursue it either uh and over the first couple of books they stay at arm's length and then it becomes more like elbows length and in this book it's not arm's length anymore we'll put it that way <laughs> so they finally succumb to their feelings for one another and then they have to determine what that means for the futures of both of their cultures. Mm, I love when books have love story. At least, you know, like, doesn't need to be the whole book about love, but it's kind of my gem. <laughs> oh, no problem. Yeah, and, and I, I agree. I mean, I think it's only the human element in all of us that wants that to happen. And I think when you, whether you're telling a story that's in contemporary time or one like me, which is just a fantasy um, I think it, it, it humanizes it for you and it, it makes it real. And people that are under pressure uh, in a lot of certain situations, there's a higher level of emotion that comes with that. And oftentimes they become attached to one another for better or worse. And, you know, in this case, you know, Ritter is brought to protect the princess who doesn't need his protection, uh, but uh, takes his protection anyway, when she finds out that he's, you know, more than what she thought he was going to be. She thought, you know, that, you know, she learned that he was sort of noble in his causes and noble in his actions, even if he was of mixed blood. And that's something that, you know, she was learning to overlook as a result of her growing love for him. And in the case of Ritter, his 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 problem, his struggle was of duty. He was called to defend his kingdom and um, is falling in love with this princess that he's not allowed to be with. And he knows if he does that it's going to cause a lot of things to go wrong and he's trying to decide between duty and or love and you know for the first two books he's he's been able to skirt around it book three bam it's right in his face <laughs> it sounds like a lot of fun and i'm curious about this battle as well but no spoilers no no i won't give you any spoilers <laughs> the, the battle is a battle that's been coming it's been brewing for a while it's between a group of baronies that seceded from the kingdom and have declared war on, on the king and the royal family. And it's it's basically those those two armies finally coming together uh to fight for you know the 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 realm of Warminster. And as a result, uh you get a lot of things that happen in that battle, like you said, no spoilers here, uh, that will really change the outcome of what readers can expect for the final book in book four uh, it really sets the tone for what is going to be wall-to-wall -wall action uh, at the end and i think everybody you know I, look i everyone likes that when they go to the movies everybody likes that when they read their books they want to see those kind of things and so the battle of the falcon Rass, which is the name of the the battle that's given is really the the coming together of this of this inevitable struggle uh between keeping the realm together or it falling asunder and it's it's a, it's that battle that everybody's been waiting for and it's finally here so it was a lot of fun to write and when i i swear when i, I 
I woke, I like, I looked up from my screen and I saw how many words were in this battle. <laughs> I mean, literally it went on for chapters and it was, but it was so much fun to write. So I had to break it up and, you know, put some natural pauses in it. But sometimes as a writer, you get into these flows and it just comes out and you just have to keep yeah. going and going and going and then go back and fix it later. And it was a lot of fun to go back and fix. <laughs> Wonderful. How many words? So the book is about 150,000 words, which translates into almost 500 pages. And, uh, you know, well, hey, it's epic fantasy, right? People expect that. And I yeah. look, I got people would, would give me negative replies and, and reviews to my Amazon, a Goodreads account, because it wasn't long enough. They're, they're screaming about 800 pages and Brandon Sanderson and all of this stuff. And I'm thinking, well, 500 pages in a four book series, that's 2,000 pages 500,000 words and that's not epic fantasy I, i don't know what is if if that's not epic fantasy i'm not well, sure what is yeah uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> and and jv um there are so many things that you're doing so you've you are also embarking as you were telling us on new ventures so could you provide us with some insights into the VR project is slated for 2024? Yeah, sure. So I was connected with a CEO of a company who wrote my book or read my book and he wanted to uh, create a video game out of it. And right now his company, Melderverse, is teamed with Niantic, which is the company that makes Pokemon Go. And so if you've ever played Pokemon Go on your phone, Their augmented reality technology is already available to millions of people around the world. Uh, and as a result, we're going to be using a similar technology to design the augmented reality portion of the game, which will be available in 2024. The longer tail on the game is the virtual reality stuff that will come in the year 2025. And that process has been really helping him to storyboard the story the right way. You know, I'm not a technologist, so I'm not over there coding or creating the tech he's got his folks that are game people that are doing that for us but it's been fun to see my product in a different medium you know in this case you know i'm used to looking at a book or an ebook or listening to an audiobook where you know this is telling someone my story or having them read it and then interpret it in a way that is visually appealing to, to gamers you know folks that will play this game whether it's on their phone or on their computer or eventually on their PlayStation or their, 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 their whatever it is, uh, you know? And so, you know, for me, I get to help them understand what's really important to the story and what could be changed for the benefit of the game. And also kind of feel what it's like when someone is taking your baby and making something else out of it. Right. So it's, it's a, it's a lot of fun uh, and humbling in many respects uh, that someone thinks that it's a, it's a, cool enough series to to do that with and you know i'm looking forward to seeing both the games in in, in the next uh, 24 months so uh it's going to be a lot of fun and you know i'm hoping that people adopt it and, and like it and uh there's going to be some interesting technology embedded in it which if you're a fan of you know brand awareness and or sales conversion for your companies you'll have a chance to sponsor gameplay uh and so in my game you might slay the dragon or beat the quest And as your, you know, your character does that, they're going to get a bunch of stuff that levels you up in the game, but then you're going to get a number of QR codes that will give you an opportunity to redeem electronic coupons in the real world. So you kill the dragon and you get the magic sword and oh, by the way, here's a free 
buy one, get one at uh, Starbucks or Subway or something like that. And, you know, and I think that that is going to be a lot of fun for people so you can earn real life rewards with continued game. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. It sounds very exciting because you're not just playing, but you can get rewards. Yeah, yeah. Real rewards. Yeah, it's it's real rewards. So your character is rewarded, your avatar levels up, you get more powerful, and you go on and beat stronger things. But in the real world, you're able to earn points at our sponsors, and those sponsors then will convert sales based on people coming into their restaurant or their bar or their store or visiting them online as a result of this will encourage them to redeem those tokens at our sponsors wow that's super congratulations to you thank you and with the integration of vr and augmented reality how do you envision players experiencing and interacting with the realm of war minister universe yeah, sure. So that's the part of this that I'm involved in intimately. Uh, and in part, it's the interpretation of what's in the books. Uh, so the plot lines of the game are going to follow along the plot lines of the novels. So as a player, whether you're a video gamer or not, if you read the books, you're going to get a little bit of a cheat code that's going to help you do better in the not, in the game because you're going to know what's happening, right? You're going to know the characters already. You're going to know you know, where the good things happen and the bad things happen. Um, and that encourages them to continue to read the Realm of Warminster stuff while also adopting gameplay, which isn't always going to be exactly the plot line of the novels. There's going to be things in the game that happen that are just exclusive to the game uh, and vice versa. There's going to be things in the novels that never touch a video game ever as, as, as part of it. But you'll be able to meet the characters. You'll be able to interact with those characters. You'll be able to create your own character. Um, and so you'll be seeing it through a point of view sort of game, and then you'll be able to interact with other people in the same way you would if you're playing Fortnite or if you're playing any of the more popular like Call of Duty games where you can talk to people on your headset. This is you're going to be able to see people and you'll be able to trade stuff that you've gotten or buy stuff from them or earn skills by doing things alongside them or calling them in to go beat the dragon with you because you can't beat them alone, you know, as part of that. So it's, it creates a community online that's, that's doing that community within the realm of Warminster, which is of course my novels. And that way it will continue to promote the brand of the novels and the continuation of what I'm doing in terms of publication, you know, there'll be a natural demand. Hopefully if, if everyone likes the, the game, there'll be a natural demand for more, more content, which will come in the form of more books. And so I'll help hopefully sell more books out of it too. Hopefully, and maybe a movie. Oh, that's the brass ring, right? Everybody wants that, you know. And it's funny because you get asked as an author, you get that asked that question a lot. You never get asked, "Are you going to make a comic book out of your books, or are you going to make a video game out of your books?" And those things happen before the movie. But I, I think that you know the 
I think that what I've written is very visually appealing. It's it's very rich in terms of its content, and um, it's something that you can see on the silver screen or the small screen. Uh, I think that um, I need to sell more books first and get a bigger following than I currently have to even garner interest. I think Hollywood and its partners don't look for small wins like this anymore because they're a good story. They want to make sure that you have a couple million followers and that people have bought your books and that then there, it mitigates the risk for them and putting hundreds of millions of dollars into making a movie and it failing where if they put hundreds of millions of dollars and they know that I'm going to pull 2 million people into a movie theater somewhere around the country, if not more, um, then that, that mitigates that risk. And then you'll see them play ball. I just, that, that has changed over the years where you can blindly send a script to someone and they say, this is a really good story. Let's make a movie out of it. It really doesn't happen that way anymore. So I've got to continue to grow my online presence. I got to continue to grow my, the success of, of the novels in the hopes that four or five years from now, when there's 15 books out and, you know, I've got those million followers and people have bought my books um, and they're playing the video game and they're reading the, the graphic novel. Someone in Hollywood says, Oh, you know, we, we should get it on this property. Let's find a way to, to bring it on to, into our movie theaters or put it onto Netflix or Hulu or Disney plus let's find a way to get it in. And that's, I know that's the long play. I'm not there anywhere near there yet. But I'm hoping that um, one day, like many authors do, that they could see their 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 vision come to life on the big screen. Yes, hopefully. And I'll be here for the next 13 books. No, I mean, <laughs> books. <laughs> you can count. No, yeah. Me. And I'll make sure you get a uh, a pass to the movie, the, the premiere, wherever it's going to be. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> and reflecting on your writing career, what moment stands out to you as particularly rewarding or let's say memorable it's it's really when you get that first copy of your first book it becomes real then everything before that is like make-believe and whether like i saw my book go live on amazon first and it wasn't supposed to go live yet and it was like 10 o'clock at night and when I saw the last keeper in the book, hit, and I got my my you know my KDP account lit up, and I was it was real, and people could download it. That's when you have that proud moment, right? It's like ah, I've gotten, I've I've now I've I've arrived. I'm there. I'm part of this culture. Uh, and then you outgrow that, and you look for the next thing, right? And the next thing is to become a bestseller, right? And I'm closing in on bestseller status. Um, on, on book one, and I'm hoping that books two and three are pulled into that and they help, you know, and, and, and that comes along with being consistent. I think that readership these days want more, they want a series. They want something that you're just, it's not a one and done. They want more, especially in my genre. And a lot of authors leave people at the altar. You know, they they finish that first book and then they just lose the passion for it or they can't get it together or it wasn't profitable for them. And I went into it in with the with the eyes of a businessman and I said look I'm going to invest a lot of time and money getting this thing off the ground I've got to find the right publisher right editors the right partners and get out there and book 1 I'm not going to make any money on and book 2 I'm not going to make any money on but book 3 and book 4 now all of a sudden I've got a readership base and I've got folks that are part of a you know 
10,000 person, you know, email list, which is still small in, in the grand scheme of things. It's not millions of people, but when you send an email out and you see your, your numbers overnight sell because people are looking for that third book and they're now going to be looking for the fourth book, that's when you know you're on the right track. And I think once I get to that bestseller status, that's where that'll have that next moment. But there are so many other moments on the way. It's really hard. Like, the graphic novel conversation or the, the video game conversation or when you autograph your first book at a book signing, uh, you know, those kind of things really, they, they like, for example, my first book signing, there were 20 people there, maybe, <laughs> maybe. And, uh, you know, this last weekend, there were 60,000 people that were over at the convention. And so it just, it changes your perspective on things. Uh, and you get excited about different things as you continue to, you know, click off your goals and reach those milestones and things like that. But that, that, those are, I think, my most memorable moments, just to name a few. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. I, I also published a trilogy, but this was during the pandemic, so I had no one. Oh, yeah. So 20 was fine. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I said, you know, and oh, my, I was right on the tail end when libraries started opening back up and bookstores started opening back up and you can go to conventions again. They weren't all on the shelf. Uh, and now that that is coming back, you know, it's, it makes it easier to go out there. And I'll tell you what, when you mix in with readers, um, there's an excitement, there's an energy that just translates onto you and you want to do more. You want to write that next book because, you know, you entertain somebody enough that they bought a ticket to come in and find you in a convention somewhere and talk to you about what they liked and they didn't like about the books, you know, and that's humbling, right? It's, it's a lot of fun and it's also inspiring. It, it gets you ready for the next and the next and the next. Mm -hmm. And JV, for our listeners that are at home or in the car, what message would you like to leave for them? Yeah. So I'd like to leave two messages. I mean, to those that are readers, uh, and when I say readers, I'm talking about you audiobook people too. Uh, that that counts these days. It's the fastest growing uh, part of our marketplace. People like to, the audiobooks because they're busy, right? They've got kids or their their jobs or they're traveling, and, and that's a light way to do it. In the same way, eBooks came out ten years ago, and it allowed people to travel without having their book. It was always going to be on their device. Uh, to those readers, I say, I hope I entertain you. You know, that's the whole point of this. I use this as a form of escapism from real life. And for me, you know, I hope that's the same for you. When you when you delve into the realm of Warminster, I want you to forget where you are. I want you to be there with the characters and, and feel it. So I hope you're entertained. For other authors, I tell them to keep writing. You know, there's their writing is tough. You know, people think it's all about going to a coffee shop and sitting there, putting your feet up and just typing away. Uh, it's not that at all. You know, there, it's a team sport. It really is. You, you've you got an editor, you've got a publisher, you've got a copy editor, you've got a development editor, you've got beta readers, you've got illustrators, you have people that are helping you market it and social media aspects and all these things that go into it. It's just real business. And if you don't treat it that way, your books are never going to get bought. Uh, and that's okay if you don't want them to. You know, you're just doing it for the love of the art and there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, I encourage that. I mean, some people need to get that out. It's a way for them to express themselves. But if you're being serious about this and you want it to be successful, you got to do all those things. And it, it is work. It, it's, it's its own business. It's its own job. Uh, and you know, for those aspiring authors out there, 
you have to keep writing every day, even if it's outlining something. It doesn't have to be a full chapter. It doesn't have to be a full page. It could just be like, I need to get this out of me. I did this. I got a busy day. I got to walk away from it. At least something towards the end. Uh, and that end goal is the next book and the next and the next. So those are the two pieces of, that I'd like to leave with everybody today. Thank you so, so much. You are brilliant. I'm your fan, as you know. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate the uh, compliments. And uh, I will be more than happy to get you the, the latest and greatest copy of the Trillius Gambit here when uh, I get my next shipment in. I, like I said, I sold out. So I literally have no copies to send you, but I should have some more this week. I'll drop one in the mail. Okay, I'll be waiting for your book. And David, tell us where can we find you and, of course, your books. Sure. So you can find me at jvhilliard.com, which is my website, or you can go to any number of social media sites. So if you're an Instagrammer or you're a book talker and you like to be on TikTok or, or you're a YouTuber uh, and or you're just on Twitter, you can find me at jvhilliardbooks. And if you're on Facebook or Discord, I'm just jvhilliard there. You can find me there. Uh, and my books are available on many distribution platforms, everywhere from my publisher at dragonmoonpress.com, all the way to Amazon, to Audible, if you like audiobooks, or any kind of, there's about 20 different ebook distributors these days. So if you're an Apple Books person or you're a Barnes & Noble person, you can find it. Just look for J.V. Hilliard, and you'll be able to find me there. Wonderful. And also, you can find J.V. in the Relatable Voice magazine. Well, thank you very much. I, won't, I don't want to forget that very important piece of a distribution channel so thank you for reminding me of course so jv is in our magazine he's actually in august giving great great tips for future writers jv i love pittsburgh so next time hopefully i'll be interviewing you in person and i want to tell you that you're always welcome to the rv and I wish you all the best with your India words. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity to come back on the show and uh, I'd love to do it again when the fourth one comes out at the end of the year. Yes, thank you very much. And don't forget to subscribe to our magazine, www.relatable-media.com. Grab your magazine for free and you see JV and all his information also there. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening and remember, relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.